What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am Warren Marlo. It is Friday, 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 Friday. And even better, it's Halloween weekend. Let me say it again. It's Halloween weekend. Woo! Man, I might have a new, pers- a new uh, purpose. Oh, man. No, I'm just kidding. I hope everyone's joining me, enjoying a good day. Hope everyone's ready. It is Friday, and more importantly, it is Halloween weekend. So obviously, get your popcorn ready. Enjoy some time with your family. Watch some good spooky stories, or if you have kids, watch something that's not super crazy for the kids not to go to sleep at night. But hey, I mean, it's Halloween weekend. Y'all can't go wrong. I mean. There's a chance that you could see superheroes, zombies, vampires, uh, Carol Baskins, and somehow the Tiger King come back to life on one night. I mean, so it's pretty cool to find out, but I'm glad everyone is joining us today. Today, I will be joined with Michael LeBorn. Michael LeBorn is a successful published author for Christianity books. Michael is also currently living in Chicago, Illinois. And, I mean, it's really cool. And one thing I really think is really cool about Michael LeBorn, Michael LeBorn is a very heart-driven Christian. But more importantly, I've, I've got to space it out a little bit, though. For more importantly, Michael has departed himself from going to, the, to the, just the norm, going to regular churches and listening to one guy speak about the Lord. Now, he is doing... For two years strong, him and a group of people are now doing called at-home churches. It's basically small group gatherings at someone at people's homes and praising the Lord, worshiping the Lord, talking about the Bible, uh, some stuff in depth that people don't understand. Possibly they they will understand by that time because it's easier to know, easy more knowledge, but. I'm really excited about talking with Michael about this because today we're going to be dis- mainly discussing about we're going to be discussing about that, and we're also going to talk about his books. We're going to talk about his futures of what he's got going, and obviously how he has been dealing with basically the crazy era that we got right now, the COVID. I mean, it 
it's hard. I can only imagine how tough it was for him on some things. I know it was tough on me on a lot of things. I know it was tough on everyone that has been told, hey, can't go to work. Hey, we're shutting it down. Like, yeah, it's shut businesses down, shuts a lot of stuff down. But, I mean, how is he able to keep running? So when we come back, we will be talking with Michael LeBorn. All right, I know people go to gyms day in and day out trying to find a way to get in shape. They are also told by personal trainers to lose weight as they be on the treadmill. You do that for so much and they don't get the results. If you are the person that I am describing, go check out Vector Fit. I mean, is check out Thomas Hatton. He is a trained personal trainer. He is a nutritionist. He writes down your workout plans. He gets you the result that you are needing. And even better, guys, I know we have that hard word that's the word dieting. And let me tell you, he brings a whole different level to that word. It is not just you not eat cake, you don't eat anything. No, he brings out what you really need for your body. He puts a training program specifically for your body. So check out Vector Fit at Facebook at Vector Fit. You can also check him out on Instagram at Vector Fit. Um, and also, if you need to, if you're not really fond of social media, you can also call him at 904-548-8479. That is 904-548-8479. That is Vector Fit in Yulee, Florida area. Thomas Hatton, y'all. So, if y'all want to change your body, hit him up. I'm joined with Michael. Is your last name LeBorn, right? Yes, sir. All right. I just wanted to make sure the name's doing. How are you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Doing good, man. Uh, it's nighttime. Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about yourself, man. Um, well, I'm from Illinois, in the middle of nowhere, um, not too far from. Um, I've been involved in the church for probably 20 years now. Um mm-hmm. Uh, probably in the last five or six years, I really got uh, pretty serious about writing, and um, uh, and we started some house churches. I've been doing things a little bit differently since then. Okay, so you just said you you got real serious with writing. So what what made you want to start writing? Well, I've been writing my my whole life, but it was more of a hobby before then. Um, mm-hmm. I had a couple so like of- a journal. No, I had a couple of books out, but it wasn't something serious that I wanted to pursue or as a career or anything. Okay. All right. So, um, tell us about some of the books that you wrote. Um, well, uh, my, I would say my favorite book that I have out at this point is uh, called More Than a Number, um, which is just a, it's a, it's kind of a hard look at uh, the current culture of, of the church in the West um, and just calling people to a, a deeper experience of who God is. Um, and then one of my other books that I really enjoy is called uh, The Master Narrative, which is, uh, just kind of taking a new approach to, to the Bible. And uh, I feel like a lot of people really pick apart the word and, and look at individual texts and kind of miss the whole story being told. Uh, so those books work really well together. Um, so I really enjoy those two. I just have a new one that actually just came out called Taste and See, which really just deals with uh, the way we address temptation and how to find freedom. So I, I have a lot of stuff out there. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, that keeps you busy. I mean, you're doing something that you love. That's really, that's all that matters. And um, honestly, you're doing something that, that you believe that 
God is teaching me to do or something like that. And I mean, that's also just mar- mar- miraculous, honestly. Like, that's really cool. So, so you said you've been writing pretty much your whole life and stuff. So, um, so what, so how do you get these ideas to write the books that you write right now? Um, honestly, I, like I said, I've been involved in the church and ministry for a very long time. So the things that I just see happening around me, the things that I, that I see people question a lot, uh, the questions I see being asked, um, I really focus it on my mm-hmm. first book I ever wrote actually, um, just came from, I, I had preached at a youth group in town and the response was so overwhelming that I was like, you know what, this must be teaching that's needed. So let me put it on paper. That's really how I figure out which direction I want to go right now. A lot of my writing is focused towards uh, the way uh, the church is responding just to the, just to the struggles and the pressure in the world around us. Oh yeah. I feel like around, there's just a lot of uh, hatred and condemnation that's coming from the church. And so a lot of my writing is focused on calling Christians to remember that we're supposed to be centered in love. Um, so it's just whatever's happening in the world around me is, is what I focus on. Hey, I mean, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I remember, I know some churches, I mean, all, you know how the normal is, the pastor will always read a Bible, and you're always supposed to read with him, but I never understood, and I, it's crazy now when I got older, I realized this, that they obviously made words in their own way, because that's how you're supposed to do it, I guess, you're not just supposed to read the Bible word for word for word, and I was always, like, just sketched on that, I was like, I don't remember those words in this Bible. Like, wh- where are we at? Did I miss the, the passage I was at? Or <laughs> like, it got really bad until I was like maybe 15. And I was like, oh, okay, you're supposed to put it in your own words. <laughs> because I used to just read it word for word for word. I was like, that ain't in there. Like, what is he telling me to read in the Bible? And it's not there. <laughs> there are a lot of translations out there. Oh, yeah. So, um, obviously, there's a lot of religions. So, which one are you? Are you Baptist? Um, I don't really have a denomination that I would say that I, I stand with. Um, okay. Like I said, we kind of broke away from the traditional church and we started house churches and we do things a lot more organically. Oh. Uh, so it's not, it's not as much about structure and, um, and tradition for us as it is about community and chasing Jesus together. So is it like small church? So like it's like small small gatherings at someone's home or something like that. Yeah, there's it's smaller groups we meet in homes. Okay. Okay, so um, tell me what what got you to change from going from basically the big churches like everybody's used to going to to wanting to just go. Okay, I'm gonna just go to churches with someone in a smaller group. And what I always believed at that time, it's also easier for people to understand it better instead of just being in a big big crowded church whatever and obviously you got all the music i mean there's so many types of christian music nowadays and we got the new pop music which i somewhat like sometimes but not super early in the morning to where it's like completely for 30 <laughs> minutes <laughs> like a straight rock concert and stuff it's just like holy cow i don't need no coffee apparently anymore <laughs> so is that kind of like a where y'all are at too do y'all do y'all do a lot of singing All right. 
I think we're back. <laughs> I'm here. You there? Yeah. Okay. Um, where did where did uh you were just asking about for... um why we had decided to leave the traditional church for uh for house church gathering? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and what I was also saying, like with the music scenario, was that also one reason why y'all kind of like just eased off a little bit because I know a lot of churches, some of them can be a little bit too much nowadays. Like I said. Some of them are like basically rock concerts. <laughs> so it's like, oh my goodness, like I, I came here to want to read about the Bible, not really hear somebody that sounds almost like Aerosmith <laughs> in my ear, like eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Like, it was like concerts for 30 you. minutes. <laughs> uh, for us, I, uh, it wasn't as much about that as um, the more we looked at the word, the more we realized that there was a call from God for the body to be really focused on community and intimacy. Um, and just loving each other. And there, there's not a lot mm-hmm. of room for that when the vast majority of the church is just sitting and listening to a couple of people um, love God. Um, so we mm-hmm. wanted to experience what the Bible was, was the picture the Bible was painting. We wanted to, to see what it looked like to have a church that broke bread together regularly, that ate together, that, that worshiped together, that, that just loved each other. So we, we decided to, to go for it. And I, I definitely don't regret it. Hey, uh, that sounds awesome. Uh, I would love small gathering churches because, like I said, it's easier to understand stuff, and if you and it's easier for you to actually ask for help if you don't understand. You can ask for help better that way because obviously, some churches when they say, "Hey, come up here, and we'll teach you this and that," some people are more scared to do it because, like I said, it's in a very big yeah. crowded area. Like there's only. Like I said, like like you said, there's only certain people that you basically listen to when you go to these big churches. So when you say these small churches, whatever, or when you say at home and stuff, does that mean everyone gets up to basically say like a like a preaching sermon type well, scenario? Yes and or? no. So um, actually, you know, if you read First Corinthians 14, one of the main things that it talks about is this idea of when you get together, everybody should be contributing, um, and that looks. For everybody, there are some people yeah. who are gifted teachers, some people who always have a song and they're sitting in their heart. They want to let out some people who, you know, they hear from God better and some people that just understand things in different ways. So everybody contributes, but it's it's different how they contribute. Um, there's people who ask who ask the right questions and, and start conversations and guide those conversations and people who teach and people who lead worship. It's just everybody gets to have room for who they are, though. And that's the part that matters. Hey, uh, that's awesome. I love how you basically put that out like that because, I mean, some people, it, it's kind of hard for them to actually understand what's going on. But like how you said, there's only certain people that you basically go there to listen to and you don't really get to say much on it. So that's really awesome that y'all do that. So how long have you been know. doing that right now? We're just like I, about two and a half years, I think. I mean, I've been doing okay. that. I've been doing so, that for over a decade but i just we just started doing it as our only church before it was just something um that we kind of you know did as small groups outside of church okay i was curious i was wondering if y'all started doing it when obviously when everything was locked down type scenario so you only could be in so many groups you know but i I like how you said y'all been doing that for a while that's that's pretty awesome because i mean you don't find that over in my area very often, like a real small churches. I mean, obviously now we've got these really big, big, big churches nowadays, and it, 
it blows my mind. Some of the churches are bigger than <laughs> stores nowadays. <laughs> it's crazy to believe that, man. So I've seen one of your videos, man. You you've got a nice little talent for you, man. You you got a pretty oh, good you. voice on you. So um, do you um, sing a lot? Not as much as I used to, but I I do sing sometimes. Does that does that singing actually contribute a little bit to what you're writing? Uh, what do you mean? Um, so say like, say like some of these books that you write, because I know some people that just when they sing and stuff, they they obviously they want to they want to express something, and sometimes it's either they want to write it down, it's easier to be wrote down, or or like like just basically singing and putting in words type scenario. So which one are you? So is like kind of the singing kind of help contribute some of the writing that you do, or it's just basically you just put that um, creative. I'm not sure to be honest. Like I, I'm a pretty creative person. Um, I do, I do sing often. Like when I'm reading the Word and things like that, and I'm just, I just want to commune with God. I'll, I'll regularly just start singing the scriptures to Him and things like that. But when it comes to writing, that's, that's, a, I think that's a different part mm-hmm. of me. There's just, I have just a heart to, to really take the deep things of God and to make them understandable. Because like you said earlier, there are so many different ways that that people approach the Word, and so many different ways that they, they. Uh, kind of communicate the truth that's in there and and a lot of times people just don't understand it because it's not presented to them well um so i have i have a heart to really take the deeper things of god and to make them simple so that people can understand them who haven't spent their life studying it hey uh, that's the way to put it that's awesome i i wish i could sing i believe it or not when i was younger man i had a pretty nice little voice but then Obviously, when you grow up and that deep voice gets in there and you're just singing in the shower one day and then you go and sing next to your wife and it's literally, she looks at me and goes, you got to <laughs> stop. It, it really just killed all my motivation because I used to be really big on R&B singing and stuff like that. So it was like, I used to think I could really sing. Man, let me tell you, my heart was crushed when she told me, I was like, you got to stop. And I was just like, oh. like, people told me I had a beautiful voice. And she's like, yeah, they lied to you. I'm like, oh, there goes my talent. It's it's devastating, but at least you didn't end up being one of those people on American Idol who no one told them the truth. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I I think some of them, they they just put on there just so they can entertain the TV show or something. I know they have five different trials before they even do the TV show, Mm -hmm. so that's even crazier. You might have a chance at American Idol, especially if I if I'm singing with you, man. <laughs> you'll definitely win because apparently I don't sing well. That's what I've been told. So it crushed me because I really, really tried to. When I was trying to do a podcast thing, I was like, you know what? I really want to try to sing one day with somebody. And then my wife's like, yeah, no, <laughs> not happening. You got a good viewership now. You will kill it all by today. I was like, man. <laughs> My God, there goes my confidence. <laughs> I guess at least she saved you from the embarrassment, though. <laughs> oh, I guess so. I mean, I used to do professional wrestling. I, I mean, I'm not that easy to get embarrassed. I mean, when you wear a mask and tights, you can't really be any more embarrassed than that sometimes. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if there's that many things that could probably embarrass me. So it'd probably be just like, yeah, maybe she was right. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, we'll we'll definitely just scratch that off the list. <laughs> so tell me, man, do you have like um 
some authors that inspire you to actually like some of the novels um, that you write? There are definitely some writers out there that I enjoy reading a lot. Um, I enjoy reading Francis Chan. Um, um, That's a good one. Actually, outside of him, there's not that many I like, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> hey, at least you found one. I mean, for. Because I know most people, when they when they have something like that, they obviously look up to something that is their hobby that they love doing. Like, when you love in writing and stuff, my wife, if she would have been one to write books or whatever, she would definitely be high on Nora Roberts or somebody like that. And I just, I, 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 I got to definitely watch how I say that because that is, like, very sanctuary <laughs> up in this house, okay? So, so I just got to be very calm with that one again i can't say nothing bad I'm about actually that not sure uh but um where i got uh, inspired to write because i mostly read fiction before i started writing and now i write primarily mm-hmm. non-fiction so it's a oopsie doopsie situation so you kind of like the fantasy yeah i grew up on yeah. the you know the the when the young adults genre was being written i was enjoying it yeah hey I mean, I, I I actually somewhat like fantasy novels nowadays because it's like movies, like sci-fi movies used to be so entertaining. Like anything was like a fantasy. Like you didn't really want anything really mm-hmm. real with movies and stuff. And it's, now it's just like you try to think about, hey, I'm going to think about putting a, a monkey flying on the, in the air or whatever. And they're going to be like, why? Like, what are you? The monkey can't fly in the air. Like, what, what's wrong with this? And I'm like, it's a movie. <laughs> Like, we're supposed to be make believe out here. Have your imagination. I feel like that's one reason why movies are really bad nowadays because we don't really have an imagination anymore. And it's it's sad on some things, and I, I wish they would try to make it more realer out of it. But they've kind of messed that all up. But uh, talk about some of the novels that you're doing. So I know that you've been promoting your books and stuff like that. And are you? currently trying to sell them or you just basically you have them like just like to people that you know around your church family friends just like your. no they're definitely one? for sale okay where, where do you uh where um, can you, you can buy get your them on at? amazon um or my website michaellaborn.com um or any i checked your website out man you definitely definitely <laughs> got you. some talent definitely definitely got some good talent man uh and I appreciate you reaching out to me on uh, Facebook stuff because, believe it or not, dude, you are my first, first actual author on my podcast right now. And outside, because I live in Florida, so in that area where you're at right now, that's the furthest so far my podcast has actually got an episode on. So good props to you on that I'm one. We're making history. <laughs> yeah, we're making history today. <laughs> So, um, what, so what's the future for you? So what, what, what do you expect to have in the near future? Um, I mean, I plan on spending the rest of my life planting churches, writing books and helping spread the church as far as I can. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Uh, so have you, so like how you said fantasy type novels and stuff, I want to go back a little bit on that. Um, have you actually written some that are actually really fictional type scenario, but still have meaning and has words from God? And I stuff have a couple in your book. 
But obviously, some of it is just like in that imagination type. I have a couple of fictions out. Um, um, I definitely, I definitely enjoy the non writing nonfiction a lot more. But I do have a couple of fiction out because I initially, when I first started writing, I wanted to be a fantasy writer. Um, but then I got really involved in the church, okay. and God really changed the the direction of my life. But I have a a couple a couple out. One of them is a a little quick fiction that I had written as a fundraiser for somebody who was going to do some mission work. Um, that book was, it was, mm-hmm. it was okay. It was, it was, it reads like a, like a fundraiser though. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. uh, it's a book <laughs> I plan on visiting fiction again, eventually though. Yeah. So, uh, I want, I want you to kind of tell me a little bit more on that. So like how you said you wanted to actually start writing stuff about fictional stuff right off the get go. What, what did you have in mind at that time before obviously you changed your choice? Um, I mean, growing up, uh, before I really got involved in the church, I, I kind of grew up, you know, in the Harry Potter craze and, uh, I uh-huh. read the Aragon series when it first came out, the Heritage Cycles, what it's actually called, my bad. Um, but I, I wanted to write in that direction. So, you know, things about fantasy and magic and dragons and stuff like that. Um, I actually did start a ser- a fantasy series a long time ago called, uh, man, I don't even remember what it was called at this point now, but, um. Well, the Order of Fire. Oh man, man, you can't, you can't forget your, can't forget your products now. <laughs> the Order of Fire. It was actually, it was a pretty good story. I'll probably go back to that at some point, but uh, that was what I originally had on my heart until I kind of shifted directions. Tell me, tell me a little bit about it. What, what was the story about? Um, well, actually, what happened was a friend and a friend and I were sitting around, and I was talking about I wanted to write a series about magic and whatnot, and he said, "Well, add some knights to it." So I was like, "Well, let's do it." So I, I wrote a story about just some knights and uh, and wizards interacting and defending a kingdom, just a classic, you know, knights and the dragon kind of story. Um, mm-hmm. But it was it was a, it was a decent story. I'll eventually come back to that and I'll develop that, and I think that'll be a good book. Hey, there you go. Y'all got some spoilers now. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so so you liked a lot of magic stuff. So did you like? Kind of like the Pokemon type scenarios, or you want to really? I was obsessed that? with Pokemon. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Well, yeah, I loved the actual new movie they had. It was. Really it wasn't that bad. I didn't really think. I didn't think I was gonna like it, but man, I actually liked how real they were. And I ain't gonna lie, when they put Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu, I knew it had to be. <laughs> even if it was gonna be bad, you knew that was gonna be entertaining just from that. So, I mean, they did a really good job with that. And in my opinion, they kind of brought Pokemon back a little bit with it because you could only watch so much Pokemon knowing that basically the same episodes came on every other day. <laughs> but I was huge on Dragon Ball Z, oh, yeah. and that one really – that one hurt me more because, man, they have they played more reruns than they would play the actual show. <laughs> and it was just like, oh, my goodness. Like, I've already seen this one. Like, Get off the Frieza games. We got yeah, I it. I definitely grew up on Dragon Ball Z <laughs> and Pokemon. Did you ever think about writing anything with like a Dragon Ball vibe? Um, no, not really, to be honest. Yeah, hey, I'm, that's I, not. I'm not hurt my feelings. I, honestly, I know. like it, it'd probably be a difficult like, movie. It'd be a difficult thing to write because they try to do the movie, and I was upset yeah, they about that. Movie. Yeah, you have to. Uh, I would be good at writing fight scenes and stuff, which I, I'm okay at writing them, but that's not 
that's not what I enjoy when I, when I'm working on that kind of stuff, I, I want to focus more on the development of the world and things like that. Uh, so more Lord of the Ringsy and stuff like that. Hey, that was, that was my go-to is I, I love the Lord of the Rings. I wish they could have kept continuing, but the third one kind of hurt me because I was just like, they're not fighting or anything. Like what the heck's going on here? <laughs> It took them. It took them almost to the end of the movie. I was like, man, this movie's like almost two hours long, and we still, we still over here worried about our Aragon or, uh, what was his name? Oh my goodness, I can't believe I forgot Aragorn? his name. Frodo, oh, Frodo, Frodo, Frodo. Frodo was still trying to figure out to take the ring somewhere, and obviously Golem and all that mess was going on. And I was just like, oh my goodness, like there is no fighting going on. What is this? The Lord of No Fighting for the third one? Like, what the heck? <laughs> like, it was hurting my heart, man. I was like, man, I'm in this movie there. And uh, I had my uh, my girlfriend at the time, and she was like, this movie is really, really boring. I was like, it was supposed to be awesome, but we're not having no fight scenes. <laughs> no, I'm okay with that. Love and I was just like, oh, my goodness. Huh? No, I loved it. I enjoy that when you're developing the world and meeting characters and stuff. I, I get off on that. I enjoy it a lot. Well, now now I do now because honestly, it's telling a story. And I remember when I was younger, man, I just loved all the action. I was like, hey, man, get straight to the fight. Like, if, if I could, I would have fast forward the movie just so I could see the fight scene. <laughs> that was just how I was when I was younger, sadly. But um, I want to go back a little bit. So tell me, how do you... So tell me some of the processes that it, it takes to actually start writing a book and getting it published and just basically getting people to know your book, your books. And stuff. Um, I mean, that's a complicated question. Um, when it comes to, to writing, I think for me, once again, I write nonfiction. So the biggest thing is just knowing mm -hmm. what is the one thing I want people to take away. Now, obviously, a book's going to have, you know, 10, 15 major thoughts in it. But I know that your reader is going to walk away with one major takeaway. Um, so it's trying to figure out what right. do I want that one thought to be and how many how many things can I say to help that one thought make more sense. So um, mm -hmm. where a lot of people really focus on giving you, a, a you know, a, an arrangement of ideas, I, I really focus on giving you different pieces to that one thought so that you really get it by the end. Um, and then when it comes to publishing, honestly, you know, the digital age has made that a really simple process. Anybody can publish. With that said, not everybody can publish really? well. Um, so there, there definitely is an art to it for me. One thing that I love, I was curious how hard that was going to be. I, I was really curious on that because I, I've heard people say it's easy to publish, but obviously not all of them are great. Yeah. And it was just like, I didn't realize how, what they really meant by that. At first. So I like how you said that. Sorry. I, sorry. Oh, no, you're good. Yeah. Anybody can get a book out there, but you know, if you want your book to be good, you definitely got to find the right editor. You definitely want to get the right artist to design your cover. Um, and you want to make sure that you get it in front of the right people. So really understanding who it is you're writing to, um, what questions mm -hmm. they have, how they're going to think about the thing you're writing about. Um, it's really important because you're going to develop your story in a way that actually impacts them um, in the way you intended to then. But then also just getting yourself out there. Like for me, I know that I'm mostly writing to millennials. So, and I know millennials live on Facebook and Instagram. So I make sure I have a presence there. I make yeah. sure I'm present there. I make sure I present myself there and I get to know people. Um, uh, and I, I think that's, that's something that everybody has to do if they really want to 
uh, to get their work out there is to actually present yourself where the people you're trying to reach are, are already congregating. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you on that because I, I'm not a big fan of Facebook for a lot of things. And, but with me having this podcast and stuff, it's like, you know what, I have to have yep. it because <laughs> a lot of people ain't going to know who, I, who what my podcast is if I didn't have Facebook, which I'm very grateful for all the fans that we got and listeners on my podcast page because I couldn't keep doing this if they obviously weren't getting any followers, you know. So, I mean, so sorry for cutting you on that, but you can keep going. Oh, no, you're good. I said it. I got through it. Oh, okay. I'm slowly getting this caffeine in my system right now. I work at a warehouse, so I've been pretty exhausted. I I had to start working at 4 o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Gross. So, um, so what do you do? So do you, do you basically just do churches and obviously write books? And I have another job too. Do you do another job or I anything? sure do. I am a, a claims adjuster for an insurance company. Okay. That's awesome. Um, so, uh, you, you were basically born and raised in basically Chicago? Yeah, or? I was born in Chicago and then we kind of moved to some of the small towns around there. We've been to a couple of them since then. All right, man, you got to tell me about the weather. Obviously, I'm a Florida boy, so uh, it's cold. tell me. Am I a weakling when it comes to the cold area? It's, it's cold and it's windy all the time. Um, and then randomly, it'll just be scorching hot for a day or two and then go back to cold and windy. I don't I don't really know what's going on out here. Hey, you come to Florida, it's hot, hot, maybe rain for two seconds, <laughs> and then even hotter the next time, every next two seconds. And it, it just keeps going and going until obviously the wintertime. This will tell you how softy we, us Floridian people are. It gets a baby, I say the lowest would probably be like a 40 degrees. We'd be in here looking like we we in Alaska. <laughs> no, I'm still pretty. <laughs> All Eskimo jackets, everything, man. I'm still pretty comfortable. It, it's bad. Oh, really? Uh, in the winter, in summertime. So when does it usually like really start snowing and stuff over there? Is it about? That time almost for it starts snowing or there. I mean it depends on the year, but it wouldn't be weird if we got snow in like in October or November. Okay. So oh man, it's almost there for you. Yeah, I mean it's not every year. October is a little early, but I think last year we had it in October. Because I remember everybody being mad about there being snow during Halloween. (laughs) Yeah, I can only imagine trick or treating in snow. I mean, one time I think it snowed here. It was like little drizzles, though. So, and I tell people all the time, they're like, man, I wish it would snow here. I'm like, our vehicles are not built for <laughs> snow. I don't care what anyone says. We would all be really, we would be out of luck really badly because if there's, if it snows really bad here, nobody's going anywhere. Like, we don't have the tires to be sitting here driving through snow. We don't got a snow flower or anything like this. Right. So we have to be really right. it's just like, all right, let's just say just be thankful it's gonna be really hot for a while. <laughs> <laughs> but have you ever been to Florida or anything? Have, or you just basically I have not, but I do have to come out there in March for a wedding, so I'll I'll experience it soon. Oh yeah, what part? Uh, I I believe we're going right to Orlando. Oh, that's a nice area. 
might have to go check out Disney World, man. If you have never been to Orlando before, you got to go to Disney yeah. World. That's definitely the magical place. Or actually, since you're a big Harry Potter fan, Universal will be the way to go <laughs> for you. I have not, believe it or not, dude, as long as I've been here, I have I've been to Universal numerous times, but I never have gotten to go since they made the Harry Potter. Oh, really? Park. And it hurts me to this day, yeah, because I have, because oh, one time I was going to go, it was after I got married, but I got jet lagged really bad. It was actually my first time flying. So I was like really just, I, I was miserable. And my wife and her family, because they flew down from Seattle to come say hey, congrats for us and everything, spend time with us. And we, and they went out there, and she told me, "You're like, yeah, babe, like that Quidditch ride is amazing." I said, "Stop talking, <laughs> like, don't say another word. If you enjoyed it, you enjoyed it. Don't even ruin it for me ever. Like, it's gonna make me start having tears in my eyes. Just nope, don't do it. <laughs> you know the saying, for better or worse, don't you start now." <laughs> But yeah, man, I definitely recommend it. I I've heard nothing but good things for it. But you might even get to ride those rides before I do, <laughs> <laughs> sadly. But um, so where all of you uh traveled for networking wise for your book and everything? You like basically travel to basically uh go to stores and do book signings and stuff like I that. Do. Or... Um, I do. Um, it's not my favorite thing to do, but I do do it. Um, I, I like to, I like uh-huh. to do a lot of online networking. I'm in a, I'm in a lot of writers groups. I have a lot of, um, groups where fans can get together and talk and, and I love to do, um, start small groups. Cause like, like I said, I'm writing a lot of nonfiction about the Bible. So I love to start small groups around the country with people I know, um, and to interact with them and to do things that way. Um, I think it's, it's, it enables mm-hmm. me to really have community with people at a deeper way than I can in bookstores. But I do occasionally do book signings in things, places, yeah. yeah. There you go. So do you get real good turnouts for your book signings and stuff like that? Or is it just still like kind of new type scenario? Depends on the area. Yeah. Obviously, if you're in Chicago, I'm pretty sure it's pretty packed out there because people know who you I've are. I've done a right? few in Chicago. Those are usually pretty good. Um um, I recently did one in uh, in my hometown, and that was a we had a pretty good turnout, which I I was pretty excited about. I didn't know what to expect with our first book signing after COVID started, but people showed up, so I was grateful. Oh wow, really? Is it is it the is it really still strict over there for the COVID rules? Um, theoretically, I don't think a lot of people are are really respecting it, but. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a it struggle. Is. I ain't gonna lie, man. That mask rules. Like it, I just finally got one of those things that you can wear around your neck because I just got tired of wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. It's it's miserable, especially in the heat and stuff. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, man, we're outside. Like, we really need this mask. Like, if you're sweating and stuff, I I can understand, but you you're burning something. So obviously, we're not hurting anything. But it, obviously. People are just trying to do what they can to basically keep themselves good, yeah. I guess. But um, so I wanted to ask you. So I don't know if I asked you this before. Do you believe writing books about the Bible and stuff like that in a fictional way is easier to understand than actually writing them in basically a real form? 
like a real, real way, like real life scenarios. And stuff. I think there are people who learn differently. So there are people that learn better by being mm-hmm. taught outright. And there are people that learn better through stories. I mean, even Jesus used stories. So I'm not opposed to it. Yeah. Is that what, is that one reason why you started writing fictional ways for that? Because maybe that was easier for you to understand. I mean, honestly, initially my, or maybe some people, you my original stories weren't about Jesus at all. I wasn't really involved with the church back then, but, um, I definitely, there are writers who do that, that I love like Ted Decker and Frank Peretti and people like that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. I gotta know. So, so tell me, so obviously you said you weren't really heavily in church at that time. What got you to actually want to start being serious about going to church? Um, you know, honestly, um, I grew up in the church, but then I kind of wandered a little bit. Um, I never got really, I never went any crazy direction with my life, but I wasn't serious for a while. And then at one point, I just felt like God spoke to me and told me it was time to come home. So I just got serious and I haven't turned back since. So obviously it wasn't like, oh, you were doing drugs or something like that. And you're like, oh man, I just had to change my life. No, even when you just just like, you took off a little bit and then it's like, okay, now I'm ready. (laughs) I'm good now. I'm good. Like. I, I like stories like that because obviously some of those you hear is just so it, it's literally like the most common things you hear nowadays. Luckily I've never had that type of scenario, but you know how like you believe stuff that your parents say for so long and stuff. And um I got to realize and my mom always preached to me is telling me like God's always gonna be there for you, blah blah and just like you always do what you do what you believe that's help worship worship in him what you believe that you're doing good for him and stuff and i remember when my mom lost her mom i'll never forget that day because that's when actually i kind of eased off of going to church for a while and um was basically because i told mom i was like don't worry mom she's she's happy she's in heaven or whatever we'll see her again and she like literally lost it and my mom looked at me and said we will never see her again and it hurt me because I used to believe everything my mom said and because she always used to say just really like really passionate things but you could really feel it when she would talk about because we used to have this big portrait with Jesus on our wall and stuff and she would tell me just why he was on why he was kneeling down and stuff like that and just tell me what what was going around the picture and stuff and my mom she wasn't always like heavily on reading the bible but she always, like, she always kept serious, like, we didn't have to go to church to basically be saved, we didn't have to go to church to be, quote-unquote, be a Christian or something like that, and my mom was at that scenario, but when she sat there and told me, we'll never see her again, it hurt me, because it was like, mom, I feel like you just lied to me for so long, and luckily, I got to hang out with a group of my friends, and they brought me to their church, and this big guy, man, I'll never forget it. I love telling this story because it, it it really changed me. And it actually made it to where I've pretty been very consistent still going to church. Even with COVID going on, I still make sure I watch church on TV. Mm-hmm. That I don't, I can't not go a Sunday without making sure I'm doing something that's helping me read the Bible. Or at least if I'm watching it on TV, at least I know, okay. Yeah, because I know a lot of people still 
I was kind of iffy about going in large gatherings, or whatever, and especially the churches here nowadays. That's all we have is very big, big gathering type scenario. And I'm just like, we're not wearing masks or anything, so we're just going to be safe as what we mm-hmm. can. But um, I, it was this big guy. He was like 250 pounds, man. Dude, solid muscle. Looked like he just got out of prison or something. <laughs> Found out he did, but it was a while back. But he changed his life from, obviously, what happened in prison for him. And I remember that when he was – I remember when I first walked in there, man, he was holding a vacuum or something. He came over and gave me the biggest hug. Might I add, I'm never metal. <laughs> so, and I was still in high school. I think I was on my senior year or whatever. And um, he goes, man, I love you. God bless you, blah, blah, blah. And I was just sitting there like, what is this big guy holding me? Like, what the heck is going on here? Like, I thought we were going to church. Like, what, this dude's over here like Debo and me or something like what's going on here <laughs> I know when he hears this podcast he's gonna just die laughing on him because I always use that scenario on him but man he really did change my life and really made me believe more of the bible than what I did before and man I have always made sure I said my prayers I've always made sure I'm reading at least two to three verses a night if I can read two pages of the bible which now I'm rewording I'm not just reading word for word now, so I've definitely graduated on that part. <laughs> but um, I'm definitely just saying, like, people, like how you said, people learn stuff in different ways. Uh, I believe some, I think easier pastors to understand would be the guys, obviously, are not always the goody good guys that have never done anything bad type scenario, because then it's like, okay, I don't know if I can even come up to that type of level. So, obviously, people understand people that also had some very struggles in their life, very hard times and stuff that actually made them want to change their life. And, obviously, you see them doing well, so you're obviously going, okay, if he's done this and did all these crazy things and God obviously said, I forgive you, you just work, you just follow me and we'll work through. Obviously, everything's not going to be erased, but – you'll know I'm you're always welcome with me and um and it made me realize man like wow like he really is amazing like that's really awesome to know hey you could do some hard struggles in your life and honestly still God's never going to turn his back on you and I've I I never forget that and I love how you say Corinthians because actually I named my son off of two of the top Bible verses that I love is definitely Matthew and Isaiah. Those were two things that really changed me and actually helped me become a father at that same time as well. So I love how, I just love hearing stories of how people connect with the Lord and how they've got into going to church and stuff like that. Because like how you say, everyone's a lot different. I know I'm over here rambling, whatever, but, I, I just thought I definitely could say that too because obviously me and you have never met so um, just obviously we got to explain how a little bit about ourselves nowadays like you're not just gonna have some random guy go okay I'm gonna talk about your book all right I'm not gonna say a word <laughs> <laughs> like I've seen some people that do that like it kind of blows my mind because I was like you're not kind of like just tell them how you are and they're like no nah, man that's not about me it's about them. I'm like, yeah, but you still kind of need to let them know who you are. Don't make it just seem like, okay, I didn't know. I was just going to speak the whole time. 
<laughs> and I've seen people to do it. It's crazy to see. And I was just like, I don't know if that person is going to come back. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, yeah, I, believe it or not, man. When I first came up and done this podcast, when there was COVID was going on, obviously, there was not really much you can do. And at that time, because like I said, I was doing professional wrestling. My friends, my brothers and stuff that I've worked in rings with for almost six years, they basically got told, hey, wrestling stops. Like, wrestling's done. And, man, independent wrestling's a lot different than the WWE and all that, man. It's You only get paid from the shows you're going to. And the best pay with everyone. So if you're not getting booked, you're not making money. And some of these people were doing this as their life show and stuff. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this podcast and help promote these guys, whatever. And then I realized, I was like, you know what, man? There's only two wrestling companies going on right now. So no one's going to really want to just hear about two wrestling companies the whole time. So I was like, you know what? I don't see a lot of podcasters doing it. I'm going to talk about everything. <laughs> and honestly, I mean, it's easier that way because obviously a new topic is going to be fresh, new, new things. Obviously, sometimes they'll be like, okay, we're going to talk about video games one episode. And then they're like, you'll get those people that are really excited about that video game expecting another episode about the video game going, hey, man, what, what's this? Now you're talking about now you're talking about wrestling again. What, what's going on here? Like, I've had some of those people like that, so I kind of try to stay on the same scenario on that type of thing. But, um, so, um, the recent book you have, what, what's that called again? That one's called Taste and See. Taste and See? So what's it about again? I don't know. It's about it's about it's temptation. Um, you know, there's a lot of the church really talks about sin and uh, in, in this way that suggests that we should just spend our life struggling. And uh, that's not what the Bible tells us. The Bible kind of sets a narrative where we come into Jesus and we're fully satisfied in Jesus and the things we used to crave kind of die out. Um, so the book's really just talking. It's just really challenging people to, to really look at Jesus and be satisfied in him. Uh, and to let their sin naturally die out instead of spending their life struggling with it. Hey, uh, I like how you said that because obviously a lot of people have a different opinion on some of these on these things like that, and I like how you brought that out like that. And and I'm definitely going to start looking at that book. And you said those are on sale on Amazon. Yep. Right? Hey, there you go. And um, what's it called again? Taste and see. Taste and see. Right. That's a good name for it. Thank you. I, I, I mean, I love, I love that type of scenario, and I love how you explained it like that because that is the biggest thing I hear that could be a hard for. It's kind of like a reason for people to obviously from going to being a Christian to obviously just wanting to basically like how you say crave temptation type scenario, and I know. I know from a good amount of people that that actually is a big, a big struggle for most people, because obviously people see Christians as such a goody good person. Obviously, some of them, I mean, Christians have fun and stuff. It's not like a label. Oh man, you're just a goody good and you don't do nothing fun type scenario. You just, you just being respectful, and, I, and that's one thing I've always told my kids. I was like, as long as you being respectful and good to people. That's that's all that matters. And with the way the world's going on right now, I mean, they need that. They need that scripture written every day, every different way. Anything that anyone needs to understand, because it it's just crazy 
how things have folded in the world right now. For sure. And I can only imagine in Chicago. I know Chicago is a pretty crazy area. So um, tell me, man, you a White Sox fan? I'm not gonna lie to you. I don't. I don't watch any sports. Really? I do not like sports. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, wow. Wow, wow. Dang, I feel bad now. That's the first one. I'm not even, I'm not trying to make you mean, be mean about it, but that's actually the first time I've actually heard somebody that I've talked to from Chicago because I've, I've heard Chicago is huge on sports over there. Very much so. So, I'm I mean, fan. hey, that, that's all that matters. So, Tell me something about some of the movies. What kind of movies do you like, man? Um, I mean, I mostly like I like comedies. I like fantasy. Um, I mean, I'll watch anything. To be honest with you, though, I don't really watch TV all that well. I watch it, but I don't watch it well. I've usually got a computer out. I'm mm-hmm. usually writing while I watch it, and I usually miss most of what happens. Hey, I I like to use a quote from like from my uh, my my favorite person in the world is The Rock. He he basically watches movies on Netflix on his little laptop because he says he's always on the go and stuff, so he never really has time just to watch something on TV. So I like how you put it that way. That means you're always moving. You're always working. You're obviously always doing something to basically help you, and not, not necessarily that, but you're doing something that you love. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it would be – I can only imagine, man, doing all that countless hours a night. Luckily, all I got to worry about is just editing this podcast, which I think that's the only toughest thing about doing a podcast right now is just editing the episode because you have to listen to the episode over and over <laughs> and over again. And it's like when you have to sit there and edit the parts that is not, obviously the spacing and stuff like that, and you're just like, oh, man, I missed it, so I got to go all over again, try it all out again, which I can only imagine – what that is for writing because i can so so tell me how long did it take you to write your first book um my first book probably like six months because i wrote it with pen in a journal really yeah, it took a while um it just it, wow I, I thought six months was actually early i i was expecting you to say maybe almost two years or something like that <laughs> nope i'm uh, i'm pretty quick i it doesn't take me long at all to write Wow. So so is that like the kind of like the limit you give yourself for most books? Um, kind of like six months? Honestly, I usually don't take anywhere near six months. Um, I usually I don't usually write a book unless I'm very, very passionate about the subject. Um, and then I just don't, I don't mm-hmm. sleep for two or three months while I write it to just I knock it out fast. Oof. All right, man, you got to tell me how much caffeine you put in your system. A lot. <laughs> uh, I can only imagine, man. I, I I, I like I said I work at three a.m. and I try to I'm trying to use off the caffeine as much as I can, but it is so hard when uh, I I try to stay away from coffee. So obviously I'm looking at I don't really necessarily drink the energy energy drinks. I try to drink something that at least only has like a hundred gram milligrams of caffeine, which sometimes it don't do nothing for you. <laughs> but it's just like man, I I can't do it. So obviously I got to crank a bang in my system or something. So I can only imagine how that has to process for you. So you, so do you literally not sleep, basically, or is that? I mean, I sleep, but it's it's not as much as I do when I'm not writing. Not yeah. For me to go to bed. 
So, so how how much of a break uh, break gap do you give yourself after you do write the book? Honestly, because obviously you got to heal, rest up, and try to basically prepare yourself for the next option, uh, next idea that you have for your next novel. So, do you give yourself a little bit of a break gap between, or you just go straight back into it? Um, it depends. Um, if there's something else I'm passionate about, I get to working. If there isn't, then I just wait until something hits me. I don't, I don't put myself on a schedule. If it, if it's not something that I'm passionate about, I'm not going to write. Uh, so for instance, my last book came out, uh, 2019, not the one that I just told you about, but the one before that came out, Mm -hmm. um, December of 2019. And then I didn't pick anything up again until April. Um, and then I just finished that one and I'm working on my next one because there was something else in line. But, uh, um, if there's not something else, I don't, I don't start writing just to write. Yeah, there you go, man. That means you're a workhorse, and like I love how you say you're passionate about it because, man, I can only imagine how long it is just to put a pen to a paper and just. I I remember in school, man, it would drain me just to sit there and try to write a paragraph. So I can only imagine how how your books are. So you write like really big, big books, like obviously those big chapter books that are like the Harry Potter type size, no. or just kind of like write, just the average. I write size. nonfiction, so it's. For the type of stuff I write, 200 pages is the average size. Oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. I was waiting for you to go, oh, man, I, w- I write almost 400 pages. And I'm like, oh. I certainly. I mean, I, I know I, you I, like that Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter scenario. and I, I remember those books are almost a never-ending. Yeah, they're long. Sometimes it's just like, holy cow. <laughs> no lie, man. I, I'll finish it off with this, but – um. I like how you say you love you were a big fan of Harry Potter. When Harry Potter first came out, we had these things called AR books. And obviously you get points for you reading these books and you go and take the test online, whatever. I actually thought I was so good at this book because I, I don't like I didn't really like reading at the time. So and I knew the Harry Potter books. I loved how people would explain them. But I loved watching the movies and thinking, OK, if I, since I watched the movie, I can go take the test for this book. I did good from the first and the second one. But when it came to that third one, it didn't matter what movie that was on. I completely failed it because apparently the book was so much more different than what the, what the movie was. And I was just like, okay, I guess I got to start reading books now. <laughs> that was my lesson, I guess. <laughs> but, uh, Mike, I, Michael, I appreciate you doing this with me today. Do you want to plug in your books? Um your store, your online store and stuff. Uh, do y'all do you just sell books on your uh, online store, or do you uh, sell merch, t-shirts, and stuff like that? Um, I have there's some paintings on my website, some uh, uh, books, things like that, bookmarks, um, nothing crazy. Um, and then once again, that's michaellaborn.com. Um, and then you can also just look me up on Amazon. You can just put my name in there, Michael Laborn, and all my stuff's gonna pop up. Awesome, man. Michael, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you so much. And, um, man, I hope you get some rest. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no problem, man. Take it easy, you too. man. Thank you for Absolutely. doing Absolutely. Bye-bye. All right, time to get the go home cue. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Michael LeBourne for joining us today, talking about his books, talking about just all these great things he's got going on. Uh, Michael I mean, it was fun. Uh, it was really cool to chat with him. And man, that boy, if y'all haven't checked this man out, go on this man's Facebook, go on some social media, and hear this man sing. This boy got some talent. 
I'm not kidding when I say this. That boy could be on American Idol if he wanted to be. But, I mean, it was awesome to talk to him today. It was awesome to talk about his books. Awesome to talk about just some of his imagination that goes on. I'm so glad that people still have an imagination. It's so hard nowadays to really have an imagination at a lot of things. And, I mean, I it's, it was just really cool to just see what some of his ideas on how he writes, how he basically just keeps going to always to where he's never never settling for one product he's always adapting always keep going always keeps pushed also always improves on every single one so i was just really cool to chat with him today on that so i it was it was awesome uh thank y'all for joining us today hope we didn't bore you and we're going to end it off and before we say something i wish want to wish everyone a happy halloween Everyone be safe. Enjoy the holiday. Be safe is definitely going to be the main main words for this holiday because it can get crazy. But I mean, also, we got to realize we're not in that era that we always thought oh, everything speak freely on everything. Also, y'all, if y'all haven't do it, go out and vote. Uh, literally, I can't express that any more than what has been said. Go vote. Vote for the person that you believe. I'm not going to sit here and tell you to vote and then tell you the person to vote for. No, I'm going to literally just tell you, go vote. Vote on what is best for you. Vote is best on our community. Vote for what's best in the world itself. Uh, I, there's nothing else I can express on that. So if you haven't, go vote. If, if you literally don't know some info on it you just go and research it a little bit and just so you know you're not going out there empty-handed and literally been like well i watched tv at four o'clock this morning eight four and this guy showed up so you know what i i i remember him i'm just gonna vote for him no like literally have some knowledge of the person that you're about to put control of what's going on because it, it could be a big change or it's also going to be a big loss in some ways. And, I've, and I'm not going to sit here and just tell someone to vote for a particular person. But make sure you vote for someone that is going to make a difference. That is definitely the biggest thing that I can say on that. So, And also, enjoy Halloween. And have some fun. Watch, watch some scary movies. Enjoy having groups with family and friends again. It's it's good time. Uh, enjoy the football that's going to be happening on this weekend. But... Let's let's close it off. Let's do it like we always do. I hope everyone washes their hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got. Eat what candy you need until you blow up. And I will be back when we have more bzzz down the road. Later. To being the new member of the Rasp Rebellion, I want everyone to go to the website repsports, R-E-P-P, sports.com and get 15% off on your first purchase if you do the promo code AP2420 and you have to type in the capital letters of AP2420 and like I said you get 15% off I know with the hard times in quarantine honestly supplements are going to be the best way to go they've got BCAs they have the energy drinks they have pre-workouts uh, whey proteins and stuff I would love everyone to go to Rep Sports dot com to get 
and use the promo code AP2420, which is capital letters AP2420, to get 15% off on your first purchase. Thank y'all.